We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA across platforms. Lots to talk about today. Of course, we have the trade deadline getting ever closer. We've got some NBA news. We've got coaches going crazy, all kinds of things to talk about in this one. Uh, But Keith, a little bit of news broke right before we came on. And I guess that's really where we should start. Hold on, Uh, hold on, hold on. I think the Lakers are taking another fourth quarter free throw. Hold on. <laughs> oh, okay. No, go ahead. Sorry. Hey, go you know ahead. what? You wind up taking – I thought you were going to tell me, like, your dog was going crazy or something <laughs> like that, and we needed a pause. I'm, like, getting ready. I'm getting ready to mark down the time so I can go and edit. Hey, you know what? You take a lot of free throws when the other team's fouling intentionally. That that tends to happen late in games. Shocker as it may be. Uh, we'll get into it. Well, we will get <laughs> We've that. got a – Bigger news off the top. (laughs) Kawhi Leonard gets an extension done with the Clippers. Uh, So this, I know you are, like this bothers you. You were particularly perturbed right now because this deal doesn't come out at quite the full max. And I know that your brain right now is buzzing trying to figure out why. Yeah, they're, they're, you're spot on. You you know me pretty well. (laughs) I am, uh, yeah, it, it is... It's weird that he didn't take the full max he could get. He took 153 million over three years. And look, let me start with it is like the most Kawhi thing ever that this dropped in the middle of the afternoon, late morning on a Wednesday in the middle of January with no leaks. Because yeah. this dropped from the Clippers announcing it themselves. The Clippers put out there, of course, they didn't put out the terms, but they said Kawhi Leonard is assigned an extension. And then there was the requisite quotes and stats and everything mm-hmm. else. So now we're in a spot where basically what he could have extended for was four years, about 223 million. It has already been confirmed. It is not that. It is only three years long, and it's 153 million, which is less than the 161 and change that he would have been eligible for. So he left about eight, eight and a half million or so on the table in this extension with the Clippers. Which that part's not jumping out to me why he would do that, but. Just you know, incredible work for the Clippers getting him locked up for the next three seasons. Did uh, do you think the Clippers negotiated him down? I mean, they're so far; they've spent so much money. It's not like this gives them added flexibility. It's not like they go to Kawhi and say, "Hey, if you take a little bit less, we're going to be able to go sign this guy that's going to really help us." They're not in that position. So, yeah, what what what's happening here? And that's, yeah, I'm sure that's what's bothering you. 
I yeah, I don't understand fully where that comes from, right? What where like why he would give up anything? It just to your point, yeah. Well, if it was, if this was a, I'm trying to think. Of, Tyrese Maxey, right? He has not signed his extension because by not signing an extension with the 76ers, that gives them the pull of cap space. We're going to be looking mm -hmm. at our phones probably quite a bit. Here. Sure. Because uh, we're going to get all the news. So we just having more details. 52 million in the first year and approximately 50 million a season over the next two years. So he hmm. left, he took a declining deal too and left a ton of money on the table because it's also important to remember that number I quoted that you know, 161 million. Yeah. That's off the very, very modest cap jump that the league has already uh, put out there as their projection. If it goes up the full 10%, he left a ton of money on the table. He left like somewhere in the range of 15 to 20 million um, on the table total. I'm doing math in my head while talking, and that's probably not great, but it's somewhere in the range of that if the cap goes up the full 10%. So, mm -hmm. I, this is this is kind of stunning that he would leave that much on the table um, if the cap jumps that much. In to back to the, the point you were making, they're going to be way over the cap and tax and everything else anyway. He didn't leave enough on the table to say, "Hey, we're now under the second apron. Let's go right. start signing guys." Because Paul George is probably going to extend too. Now they're going to keep James Harden. Presumably they'll, 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 they can't extend him, but they'll presumably re-sign him. So you're going to have three guys that make combined well over a hundred million dollars. Then you've got the rest of the players on the roster. They're going to be way up over that second apron again. So this is really stunning stuff that he uh, took this kind of haircut. I mean, what's the what's the argument here? Like if you're like if you're the Clippers and Steve Ballmer is your owner who just got a billion dollars. Just in, in dividends or whatever that was, I don't remember if it was dividends or interest. It was uh, dividends, yeah. It was dividends. To, like, what do they, the Clippers go to the bargaining table and say, hey, Kawhi, listen, Steve's had a really tough year. He only made a billion. Um, he Money's real tight right now. We need you to do us a solid and take a little bit yeah, less. Right? Like, is that, of all the owners in the NBA to not need a player to take less, particularly, again, would be different if this was getting them extra wiggle room right extra spending power sure. in, in the market then then i could see Kawhi says okay you know uh, because we're going to get this guy uh i think lebron and uh and chris bosh and Dwayne wade getting udonis haslam and mike miller right back, back in the day can see that happening that's not what's happening here so it is curious that this is the way it went down but big picture good thing for the clippers and a paul george extension probably coming here as well they're going to be locked into these guys what'll be interesting now is what happens with james harden this summer what happens with russell westbrook where do they go with with players like that after the season exactly yeah unless we see paul george take a massive cut or james harden takes way less or something else comes they're still not going to get under the second apron so that's that's the part where this gets a little tricky but who knows i mean maybe this is you know steve Ballmer saying hey i just I can't give you the max. No, you're older. You're injury prone. We're still going to take care of you. We'll still give you 50 plus million a year, but we're just not going to go that high. Maybe that's how this all came together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could be. All right. Uh, let's jump up north and let's head over to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they're concerned. We've talked about a Kings deal with the Toronto Raptors to land Pascal Siakam. 
And uh, the Kings are reportedly concerned about re-signing Pascal Siakam with the concern being that Siakam doesn't really want to be there. When, you, when you've got free agency on the horizon, this gives you the power to steer your destination to some degree simply by saying, hey, you can trade for me, but I'm not going to stay. And that typically persuades teams not to because teams don't want to spend a bunch on a guy that's just going to be a rental essentially for them. So is this just the death of the Siakam to the, the Kings situation then if Siakam simply doesn't want to be in Sacramento? Yeah, it may very well be. Now we heard that there's been some reporting that the Raptors came back to the table with, Hey, we need Keegan Murray. And the Kings said, no, Sure. Uh, there's been reports that it was the Kings who walked away because maybe this was the reason why, right. They got Intel that day. Hey, not going to be thrilled if this, if this is where he lands and he's not going to resign. So who knows, right. And who knows if we'll get the real full story on that, but I would say this probably kills it because we've talked about this before. The Kings are not close enough to make the all in move to mm -hmm. launch themselves in a title contention. They're not like years and years and 10 players away, but I don't think Siakam for, even if it's like Barnes and Herder or, something else i don't know that that pushes them to the next level as yeah. a team it certainly would help them it would make them a better team that part i'm not going to argue i just don't know that it puts them past denver oklahoma city minnesota as the teams who are at the top of the west right now so i think what happens here is if i'm the kings i'm going to refocus and look somewhere else they, someone else will be available whether it's this year or this summer someone else will become available so you just you, you pivot to that and, and see what you can get that way instead. Let me hit you with the name, Keith. And this is a player that the Sacramento Kings thought they had traded for a few years ago. If you're going after a Pascal Siakam type, and I'm not saying they're the exact same player, but what about Kyle Kuzma with Washington, who we've heard they're going to be open for business and they're open to moving essentially anybody? Yeah, and you have the benefit there if he's locked up more long-term. My question would be, at least with Siakam, you're getting some playmaking and defense. Sure. You're not really adding that with Kuzma. Is he going to be enough of an upgrade over Harrison Barnes? I'm not saying he's not a better player than Harrison Barnes. Don't get me wrong. Because I'm taking Keegan Murray out of the mix. They've seemingly told everybody, not, not happening, don't ask. Right. So Kyle Kuzma in a vacuum is better than Harrison Barnes. But the things he does best, how much more offense do the Kings need? Right? Like that, yeah. that would be the question I would ask is, is that where I want to go? Where at least with Siakam, you get a guy who's got extensive experience as a playmaker and ball handler. You have um, no player option uh, in, in uh, Kawhi's deal either. That's okay. That just came out, out there. So, yeah. Um, so with Siakam, you know, ball handler, playmaker can do that. And he's a pretty good defender and rebounder. Where Kuzma, those aren't the things he really does. He's much more of a creator for himself and a shooter. So I, I don't know. I thought you were going to go to Zach Levine because they clearly had interest in him at one point in time too. Different front office sure. uh, than it is now. And I do wonder, but it'd be the same story, right? Except he's smaller. Yeah. And how the same much thing? more offense do you need, right? right. So that's, that's where I, I don't know that those are the moves. But, I mean, maybe because it could be just be something where it's, Hey, let's get the better players. We'll figure it out. And then what we'll do is we can always retrade the guy again this summer. We can do something different if we need to, if it's not working. And just that way we kind of locked into the asset uh, moving forward. So we'll, we'll see how that comes out. But I don't know, man. I, 
if I'm Siakam, to bring it back around to him, all right, we've heard the other team is Indiana, right, mm-hmm. that's interested in, in him. Um, we heard what is the or, – or we've heard that, that it's Indiana. So then it becomes, is he happier to go to Indiana? Does that mm-hmm. feel like a place he wants to go to more? Right, we the running joke in the NBA is Indiana and Sacramento are just like they're the same place, just one's in the middle of the country and one's you know, sure. on the West Coast. Right, and there's some truth to that, right? Smaller markets, a little bit sleepier of towns, and those kind of things. So that becomes a question of does he really want to go there? And then my next thing would be, all right, if you want don't want to go there either, where do you want to be? Because Philly doesn't seeming, seemingly have any interest. We haven't heard any of the major market teams mentioned, and a lot of them, he doesn't really make sense for them. So that starts to become the whole, all right, dude, what is it you're looking for? Because I'm just not sure you're going to find it. Well, what we heard, this was like a year ago at last year's trade deadline, was that he wants to stay in Toronto. Yeah. I mean, is that that could just still be the case where he's like, I don't want to be traded. Done, right? Like, yeah. you know, like that, like I would just get the extension done then. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, unless maybe there's not a number that he likes that's that's out there, but he's he's going to be a fascinating one to watch, especially if if a team like Sacramento, which is an exciting team right now, yes, okay, you maybe you don't like you don't just for whatever reason you don't want to be in Sacramento, but you look at the team and the type of basketball they play, you could see Siakam thriving in that kind of situation. We can argue whether or not that actually boosts the Kings to the next level, but this is an uh, a offensively dynamic team that Siakam can get to his numbers would go through the roof there he'd be a big a big piece of what they're doing and if that's not a team that he's interested in going and playing for maybe he has an issue geographically with Sacramento I don't know but then what is it that who is who is the team that he's willing to go to and so that's going to be something that hopefully will be revealed by the trade deadline um all right Keith let's get to it free Darko Good website. I think it's still around, right? Does it still exist? Know. Yeah, maybe. Um, not sure. So last night, <laughs> Raptors and Lakers. Uh, afterwards, Darko had quite a bit to say, didn't, didn't he? About, about the game, the way it was officiated. And I'll tell you what, Keith, from, from this perspective, obviously I don't agree with him, but from this perspective, I kind of like it. Like, here's the thing. The NBA has a product right now where they're doing what they can to try to make people care more about the regular season, right? That was the whole point of the in-season tournament. Let's give people something to care about here in, in November, right? Well, one of the things that's going to make people care about the regular season is if teams, players, care about the regular season. And Darko's rant shows that he really wanted to win that game. Like that game in, in a random Tuesday night in January mattered to him and mattered a lot. And I know he's going to get fined and I know you're not supposed to call out the officials and everything, but bravo for, for, you know, speaking out and, and calling out something that you think is unjust and creating something that was, that's kind of fun, a little bit funny, but again, he's showing how passionate he is about, uh, about his team and about how badly he wants to win and big picture. I, I don't hate it at all. Yeah. We'll get into the, game part of it in a minute but the overall what you're getting to i'm all for it have your players backs right this is a situation where this is a raptors team that is they're resetting on the fly with after the og and anobi trade they've been playing pretty good 
uh, even including last night, they've been playing pretty good basketball. Mm-hmm. And now they're in a spot where maybe Ryakovich is looking at it as, hey, the, the front office told me, and I, I'm completely making this up, I don't know, but maybe it was, hey, we got about two weeks. Let's see what we can do as far as really making a postseason push. Then we'll decide what we're going to do with Siakam and those other guys. And he may be looking at this as, hey, I feel like we had a chance to really win a game taken away from us mm-hmm. in a spot where we really need to win every game that we can over the next uh, little bit here. They, they're As it stands today after the loss, they're a game behind Brooklyn for the last play-in spot in the Eastern Conference. So they're, they're right there. They're right there in the mix. So I kind of get it. Now, I – Went to bed. I didn't stay up and watch the game. I was tired. The other games last night stunk. They were all bad. So I was like, nah, I'm just going to go to bed. I'll, I'll catch up on all the rest of this uh, later um, in the morning. And I woke up and, of course, woke up to a bunch of tweets and everything. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, holy cow, we went crazy. So then I watched. I actually watched his rant and saw all the numbers before I watched the game. The eight free throws in the final minute. Take that completely out of the mix. Yes, sir. You were following on purpose. That's that's different. But even doing that, it's fifteen to three, right in the in the mm-hmm. uh, fourth quarter and free throws or fifteen to two was it? Whatever yeah. it was, it was it was fifteen to very little. So even if you then take because I, I think Max Christie got flagrantly fouled. Uh, that was Cam point. Reddish. Cam Reddish got Cam the Reddish elbow, and which a lot of people were saying that wasn't a flagrant foul, the elbow to the face yeah. from from quickly. I went. I actually dug into the leagues, like their language in terms of what is a flagrant foul, and it's the language about it being to the head yeah. and whether or not the player actually was injured. And I, I think we're gonna get. You never know with head injuries, but Cam looked like he was out. I mean, he was he was blinking his eyes and holding his head when he stood up and yeah. eventually got. Yeah, it. definitely look, caught it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think all of that contributed to why that was a, a flagrant foul. This is not me complaining about the Lakers here. This is just a, I'll do a mini rant within my other rant here. I hate the whole defenders leading with their face playing defense stuff. Cause it, what, what's the offensive player supposed to do? Like how, how are you supposed to clear space then? If they, if they, cause they can't put their, if they put their hands on you or their body on you, it's a foul on the defender. So a lot of, trust me, this is from somebody who backed and will back for life. Marcus smart. He loved sticking his face in there when guys had the ball because he knew I'm probably going to get clocked in the face and then it's going to turn into a foul on them. So I don't know what offensive guys are really supposed to do in that situation. You can't play actual defense with your face or your head. So like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't like that part. I don't know. I I don't. Are you contending that Cam Reddish fouled him with his face? I'm just saying, no, no. The call was right the way the league (laughs) does it. Okay. But how, what are offensive players supposed to do if you're there? Because every defender, just press up on them, stick your face right on top of the ball, and you're probably going to get hit. That's why most guys won't do it, right? Sure. Because they're going to take a shot to the head. But there's very little you can do. I mean, that's part of Marcus Smart figured that out like three years earlier than anybody else and was like, I'll just take repeated shots to the head, draw offensive fouls through it. I just, I don't, and I'm not saying Cam Reddish fouled him because he didn't. I just don't understand why we allow that to be a thing anyway, right? Like, it's just, you can't play defense that way, right? You know, you're not out there blocking shots with your face. So it's like, what are you doing? 
Like, I don't know. That part just has always bothered me with this. It's a, it's dumb. Now I could spin off a million directions. It's like, I hate the charge rules and the way they're enforced to just penalizing guys to get other guys hurt. I I think it's, I think we've lost the plot with actually playing, play defense, like play real defense. That's, that's one of the single biggest issues I have is guys just don't play real defense. Taking charges when you beat a guy to the spot and the guy runs you over, that's different than the, oh, he's coming down the lane. Let me slide in while he's already in the air, slide in under him. He crashes in. And that's supposed to be a defensive foul. If you slide yeah, under a guy when he's in the never air, never call it. Call they're it. not as aggressive enough yeah. with it as they need yeah. to be. They need to look at the, with a second a guy's foot leaves the floor. Yep. That's when it, it's go. supposed to be. And they don't do yeah. it. I no, agree with they, you 100%. They do it by if you're moving when contact is made. Yep, which is not and right. That shouldn't be what it is. Yeah. And again, some of the leagues better smarter defenders can read those plays really well. So, all right. So now we'll get off all that. So let's take those two free throws out of the mix too, because shit happens, excuse my language, but stuff happens in games. Right. So we take those out of the mix too. So we're still at like 13 to two, one 13 free throws in a quarter is a lot. Nobody should want to see that, no matter what team you're rooting for. Free throw contests are stupid. If you want to watch those, go down to the local CYO. They have them like every weekend with little kids, if that's what you enjoy about basketball. So I get, I don't think once you remove all that stuff, if you could sit down and talk with Darko Rakovic, I don't know that he was saying we weren't fouling. I think his problem was the other end of the floor. Yeah. I think he wanted more calls. I think he felt like Scotty Barnes was getting hit. Watching it, I don't really care who wins out of these two teams. I have no affinity for the Raptors either. I thought Barnes got hit on a few drives that could have been called. So that's where I think his his complaints are more coming. I know a lot of people thought it was all about the Lakers took too many free throws because he referenced those numbers. I think he would have been fine if it was like 23 to 20 in free throws in the fourth quarter. I think he would have said, eh, it is what it is, and he probably wouldn't have said a word. I don't know that there was that big of a difference, but I kind of get where he's coming from, but I'm not willing to fully die on that hill either of like, oh, my God, he's completely you know, right. Like, this game was rigged, like we're seeing a lot of other people say and stuff. So I don't know. I, I just kind of left it as like, all right, I'll take the rant for what it was and good for him for having his players back. Sure. I just don't know where this whole whole thing was it just didn't scream out to me that there was this massive inequality anyway. And I, I think that we've got an issue where th- there is, there's this idea that an even number of free throws equates to a correctly officiated game. And that's simply not correct. And I think that the Raptors had, they had a big problem coming into the game and they knew it. We had Luca over on Lakers nation. I was over on Raptors nation and we talked all about it heading into the game. The Raptors did not have Yaka Pertle. They had no one to defend Anthony Davis. They, I had Thaddeus Young was out there, and I had a lot of people going, "Oh my God, Thaddeus Young still in the NBA?" Yes, he is. But that's who they had defending out there. That, so the Lakers in the fourth quarter, the first quarter, Anthony Davis went crazy. Sixteen points in the quarter. Raptors couldn't do anything. Second, third quarter, Lakers go away from him. Raptors defense are doing a good job denying and all, and all that. Lakers forced the issue and said, we don't care. We are giving the ball to Anthony. It's like when a quarterback locks in on one receiver and says, I don't care if you're defending him. I'm putting the ball up and trusting my guy to go get it. That's what the Lakers did with Anthony Davis. They just kept feeding him the ball. And the Raptors couldn't do anything but foul him because he's Anthony Davis and you don't have your center. And that's unfortunate for the Raptors, but that was the situation. And so they were racking up all these calls. 
because they had no way to deal with with Anthony Davis. Um, and so that was was a big piece to all of this and why the Lakers wound up with so many free throws. But again, an even number of foul calls doesn't mean it's a, a properly officiated game. I thought there was one, and I'm gonna I'm biased. I'm gonna look at everything through purple gold lenses. It's the way that it goes. I'm sure Raptors fans look at it very very differently. I thought there was one call the Lakers got where maybe they shouldn't have, where Austin Reeves got a foul call and got a couple free throws mm-hmm. on that. Otherwise, I didn't feel like the Lakers were being gifted a bunch of calls. I thought there was a review that took 37 minutes. Not really, but a, a review on it. I mean, Emmanuel quickly comes up. Anthony Davis is in the air. He just reaches out and pushes him. And that review call, we were sitting there just waiting and waiting. and waiting. It, it took the referees forever um, to come to the conclusion that, yes, it was a foul, but it was obvious in the first five seconds of, of yeah. looking at it. Um, I, I'm almost there were some to the issues. point with reviews and challenges just get rid of it. Yeah. Like I just, I'm, I was so beyond like when they reversed that call against buddy healed where he clearly hit Jalen Brown in the head. It was like, what are we doing here? Like you reviewed it when all the video shows you that he hit him in the head and like you reviewed it and said like he didn't then told the player he didn't get hit in the head when we all saw it. Then you called less contact on Chris Stapps Porzingis. Then the last two minute report, which get rid of that thing too. Like I sat there yesterday waiting for that stupid thing, you know, all afternoon it felt like. And then, and I finally said to myself, and I even tweeted this, like, I don't know why I care so much. It's not going to change anything. No, they're not going to come back and be like, Oh my God, we screwed up so much. Come back and play, you know, the overtime period again. That has happened like, a few times. Yeah. That was though, with, though legit stuff where they were wrong like that yeah. that heat hawks game where they followed Shaq out and Shaq didn't actually fall out yeah. that's like the famous example of where they 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 came back and said hey we have to make up the game and the funny thing was if i remember right Shaq wasn't even on the team when they actually made up the, the <laughs> park because he had been is that right to i didn't remember yeah, that I part think of it. so yeah if you look it up i think that's what happened so but they're not going to come back and replay the game but then when they, in their last two-minute report, said, yeah, the Jalen Brown call was right. Like, you can make contact to a player as long as you make contact with the ball. We all know that by now, but not if you hit him in the head first, which, again, the video is pretty clear. Then they come out and say, yeah, and we missed an illegal screen on Miles Turner and the Chris Stapps Porzingis foul wasn't actually a foul. So it's like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. what, like who who feels better about this? Today, yeah, right? like, they're, nobody... they're trying to say, look, we're being transparent, yeah, but... but... That doesn't really help. I, I will also say, too, the deeper in all of these leagues get with the gambling and everything is the worse this is going to get with this mm-hmm. stuff because people are oh, now. Yep. Oh, have, the, the roughs bet the under or whatever, right? Yep, that's that's what we I'm have saying. all these tracking of ref stats and all this stuff, things yep. where like Mark Cuban talked about it, about how like, hey, we were doing this years ago. But now we know, right? And the players all know, like, okay, we've got, you know, Ref X tonight. They call a lot of hand checks. So we got to be less aggressive with mm-hmm. our hands on the perimeter. Oh, these guys let you bump guys when they're in the air going up for layups. Okay, we can get away with that. These teams are smart. The players are really smart. The coaches are smart. They all know. They all, when the ref assignments yep. come out in the morning, they all immediately adjust and get it into all right, here's here's how we're going to start to change mm-hmm. some of our game plans. And then when you get stuff like this at the ends of games, in both of these games the last couple nights, this is where you can understand where people get super frustrated of, 
Like, what is going on here? Like, this is crazy. I feel like I'm seeing something completely different. And it's, we know enough. We've been doing this long enough to know. I don't really listen to a lot of what the Celtics fans say about the officiating in Celtics games. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the neutral people. When the people who you know don't care come out and say stuff, then it's like, all right, I kind of get it, right? Especially if it's like like LeBron tweeted <laughs> about Jalen Brown. LeBron was like, Jalen Brown oh, yeah. clearly got hit in the head. As somebody put it, that's like – um. Uh, that'd be like Darth Vader doing a tweet. Like, you know what? Obi-Wan Kenobi was actually a good dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, lay, like lay off Obi-Wan. The Celtics, right? Sure. He hates the Celtics. So it's like, that is like a whole, like, man, like if he, LeBron is even coming out and saying it, like you, you might have something. So I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see, this is a lot, lot longer on this topic than we intended to spend, but how much do they find him for? It's probably going to be like 25 to 35 K yep. is my guess. It's kind of the standard. Um, there because he didn't go. He was he ranted, but he didn't go like over the top and call people out by. He didn't throw people. chairs or anything. No, we'll say this too. There's a bunch of Raptors folks out there who are like uh, Ben Taylor doing Raptors games. That probably needs to be looked at at this point because like everything that that has happened bad to them in recent years has been like a Ben Taylor game, and mm-hmm. the league has precedence with this. They they pulled um. Oh my gosh, I can't think of his name now. He's the guy, he does like the super wordy explanations on the um reviews. Oh. Um it's, it's not it's not it's not Scott Foster. No, he's the he's the, the black guy with the mustache, and I just can't think of his oh, name. Oh, um um Billy. Um Billy something. Yeah. Billy. It's right I can't there. Think of his last name. It's killing me. But they took him off Celtics games like 15, 16 years ago, because him and Doc Rivers had such Kennedy. Bill Kennedy. Billy Kennedy, yes. There you go. Him and Doc Rivers had such major beef that he didn't, he wasn't allowed to call Celtics games for a little while. Like, I'm starting to wonder, like, all right, maybe you probably should get Ben Taylor off Raptors games for a little bit because he had the Fred Van Vliet thing where he threw him out. There was also, I guess, a play where um or a couple years ago where he threw another raptor out and the raptor was like i was yelling at my coach like i didn't say anything Mm -hmm. to him and he was like i don't want to hear it then he proceeded to tee up the coach too when nick nurse was still coaching the team so i it's stuff like that that's going to be the push where people are going to go further now though with because it's no longer enough for the nba to be like hey you gambled that's your fault like we have no ties to that at all what you do now. Now you have partnerships with all these gaming companies. You're going to have to do something to make people feel a little bit better about this stuff. Yeah, well, and, and no matter, look, this is where like bias comes into play because no matter what, 
if if there's a close game, if there's any kind of controversial call, that's the first thing everybody's going to go to. Oh. They're, they're going to right, and depending on what side you're on, right? They're going to go to it. and They're going to say, "Well, my team got screwed because of this, because this was the line, and this was what." And you know, that's and that's something the league has to contend with. And that's part of the last two minute report to try to be like, "Look, we're on the up and up. We're yeah. we're calling ourselves out here. We're policing ourselves. All all that sort of stuff." But it's not going to going to prevent any of that kind of discussion from taking place. People are always going to wonder, and I do think they need to do everything they can to be as transparent as possible, and it's still not going to change. Because anytime you get a call that you don't like, which, again, we all look at the game through the the lenses that we want to see it through, that's going to be the go one of, anyway, the go-tos. Like, this guy doesn't oh, like my team, and this is the betting line, and this is why, yeah. and, and all of that. You get it before every playoff game every playoff game oh yeah Somebody here's the officials out the, you know oh this official is you know the 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 uh you know orlando magic are two and 25 in the last 27 games officiated sure. by this official and then if you go and look it up they're rarely true somebody just made it up and then for whatever reason it went viral because there's been a bunch of those that have gone around the one the only one i think we all know is the Scott Foster Chris, Chris Paul, Paul one? Yeah. <laughs> like we all know, there's definitely something there, and that that is situation has gotten beyond sideways to the point where they even said like, "Hey, we've talked to them both and said like, pretty much you both need to knock it off and be more professional mm -hmm. uh, when you're out there together." But that is a you know, but yeah, those when I see those because half of them like you get them especially as you get deeper into the playoffs. It's like, where did you get this from? Oh, you're retweeting something Joe Lots of Numbers tweeted that he made up that's not even true. Right. And all these things are out there. You can look up the records by referee over years and years and years. It's all out there. You just have to Google it. It's very easy to find. I've gone and looked at it myself because some every once in a while one comes up where I'm like, is that really true? Like, is it? And then almost invariably, no, it's not true. It's not even close to true. So I don't know. But that's that's more than enough referee talk for probably months. Let's <laughs> let's jump over to uh, Eric Spolstra got an extension. The yeah. guy who was widely seen as Eric as, with a K. As, <laughs> I knew as I was writing it, I was like, "Is it?" I'm like, "Ah, I'm just gonna go with it." Just no. put the K on extension too, <laughs> and then it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, eight years, 120 million dollars for Eric Spolstra uh, in this extension. He's now believed to be the highest paid coach. I, I, it's funny. I had a lot of people like, Hey, why don't you guys put these on spot track? Cause we have no way to verify them. Like there's, there's ways we can get to the salary information to verify it. Coach contracts and salaries, very hard to, to track down and find on there. So it's, you know, it is what it is uh, with that one, but 120 million over eight years for Expolstra. I wonder the length more so than the, the, the dollars. Is this one of those where, Hey, Turn three, four years. If you front want to go upstairs role. into the front yep. office, yep. yo, you can do that if that's what you want to do. That's a I long think, time coaching. Yeah. I think, I think about Brad Stevens, in eight out. years coaching. And then part of what he said, the allure of the front office was my kids are getting older. I don't want to miss their games. I don't want to miss their stuff. I want to be home for them um, to do that. Right. Rather than really like, real life example right now, Celtics played in Indiana two nights ago fly home to Boston to play Minnesota tonight and then have to fly back to Milwaukee on a back-to-back -back tomorrow. Like whoever did that scheduling, like, what, are, what were we doing? Yeah. Yeah. But, Lakers had that, that same thing in December. It's been crazy this yeah, year. They, just the back weird. and forth travel. Yeah. 
Um, and that's that's tough on a coach. That's tough on players, of course. Yeah. But yep. that's why I, I thought the same thing. I wonder yeah. if this is going to turn into yep. a front office role. Yeah. It, not saying it will or that he even wants to do that. You know, some guys are coaches, right? And they'll mm -hmm. say, this is what I do as coach. But, I mean, we got to eventually Pat Riley's going to retire, right? I mean, it's, it, it, you know, he, he, he's up there in age. He's no longer a young man. So I would assume at some point Pat Riley's going to be like, all right, I'm done. Like, yeah. I don't want to do this day to day anymore. And maybe that's when Spolster's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to move upstairs. We know Andy Ellsberg does a lot anyway in the Miami front office already. He's kind of, kind of the guy who's really, you know, making things happen as far as the day to day stuff. But yeah, good for Spo. Like I tweeted worth every penny. Like mm -hmm. I, I've said it repeatedly here. I've said it online. I've written it. He, for my money, is the best coach in the game. Like, yep. I, I, you know, I would be for it. And again, it's, I don't want to make this all about every time LeBron tweets, like we should all listen, but LeBron was like, go get your money or worth every penny or whatever LeBron said too. Like that's, you know, so that, that means a lot. Like, you know, when players are coming out and back and the guy too, he's just a fantastic coach. I was, I'm imagining in my head here that as LeBron is typing this out on his phone. He's not actually looking at his keyboard. He's just death staring <laughs> Darvin Ham as he's typing that. <laughs> I liked how people that immediately turned into LeBron's going back to the heat. Like, yeah. was like, like where all that went. It's like people like they people love conspiracy theories. Like it's, yeah. it's almost yeah. scary how much they love them. Well, it's part of the reason why. I mean, not to restart the whole thing, but it's part of the reason why the whole ref thing of oh, oh yeah. my team is two and thirty against yeah. this guy. See, yeah. the NBA is out to get us. You know, that's if it, blaming the officials and the coaches are the easiest, quickest way to throw out there. I'm unhappy we lost, like without actually putting blame on anything else. And you can say it without even watching the game. Right? Yep. You can be like the fit, the ref sucked, the coach sucked, and that's why why we lost. And it's like actually we shot twenty eight percent and got drilled by forty. Yeah, like, you know, and all of them were wide open shots and layups. Like what? Like how is that on the coach? Oh, the coach stinks. Right? The, the guys were too tired from the day before. Should have practiced people shooting say. more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I say a lot. Of. Do they even practice shooting? No, they've been playing <laughs> basketball since they were old enough to to walk. These guys have not practiced shooting. They do not do it. No. No, they never no, do it. None of them. They don't do any of that. They don't do that. Uh, the Spurs are interested in a reunion with Dejounte Murray. Sure, potentially at landing spot. <laughs> why? Why not? I mean, I guess yeah. if you're the Spurs, you're trying to land young players that are going to come up with uh, Victor Wembanyama and everything. And he's he's still pretty young, but um, it is a little strange. But uh, we heard, I believe it was last week, Chris Haynes said there's the the trade market. Uh, is the opposite, essentially, of Zach Levine, where it is not barren, it is very robust, and there would be a number of teams that would be interested. And so I guess we can count the Spurs among the teams that wouldn't mind bringing in DeJounte Murray. Yeah, it, it makes sense for any number of reasons. The familiarity, they don't have a point guard. Uh, he's actually on a, a pretty good contract, even with mm -hmm. his extension, uh, well less than a max deal. So, I yeah, I can get it. Now, I've seen some people saying – would are they going to just give the Hawks back their picks? I don't think right. that's how it'll go down because he's just undo the value. trade, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. But he doesn't have that same value anymore, right? right. Like he's, I think he's seen as less of a value than he was when they traded him. So I don't know what would how this would play out. Maybe the other thing is you got to this. This would be really interesting because I almost want to see it come down and see like, do the Spurs think in a year or two they're better than the Hawks? Or do they think the Hawks will be better? Because if you yeah. give the Hawks back their pick, 
or like even if it's only one first rounder and you keep your own, you're basically saying, all right, we're admitting we've, we've got further to go than they do. Or if you're like, now we're going to keep their pick because we think we're going to be good and we think they're going to fall apart and stink. So that, that part of it just gets interesting where you, you do have this, Hey, we already made a trade uh, component there. So yeah, I get it though. I get it. I I'm starting to get the feeling DeJounte Murray probably going somewhere. Um, We do this now on our Wednesday shows, right? We catch up on Woj's uh, threads. Yeah. Um, He said he had one about the Hawks. So let me find it here. I got to get it. There's nine. Yeah. I think it was something to the effect of like everybody's available. Yeah. They're open for business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. He said, I think the Hawks are open to almost. And he put almost in all caps. Anything at the trade deadline. But there's no question they've gone as far as they'll probably go on DeJounte Murray's pairing with Trey Young in the backcourt. They're talking Murray deals and others throughout the league. Mm-hmm. So that's – I'll be surprised if DeJounte Murray's with the Hawks come a month from now. Yeah. When the deadline 100%. passes. Uh, do you want me to run through a couple more things that he said too? Sure, yeah. Um, Pacers are very, very determined to not include Jairus Walker in any trade. Mm-hmm. Uh Hornets have no intention of trading LaMelo Ball. Uh, Pistons are trying. He expects them to be active, and he does think they'll make some changes to the roster. Um, somebody asked about John Collins, and what should Collins just arrive just got in there, Utah? Right? He needs some time there. So maybe that's his way of saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl Morey's always big game hunting. Then he basically lays out all the things we know about get draft picks all this stuff so mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah. so that's the that that's the latest from from Woj. all right uh last thing you had something on uh postseason season awards i know you wanted to talk about yeah this is just in the news a little bit because jimmy butler was asked about it because he's only a handful more games missed from not being eligible mm-hmm. so remember you got to play in at least what is it 65 65 to, to get there uh jimmy butler gave a pretty humorous response which is a lot of truth involved in I don't really care about awards. I only care about hanging banners. So, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. Uh, but Joel Embiid is also starting to creep into the territory where a sprained ankle that keeps him out for two weeks probably knocks him out of being eligible. And then that becomes a real test case, right, for, whoa, wait a minute. Like, this guy, what if he gets to 64 games? Like, right. what happens? You know, what, there are how some is exemptions. Interpret? There are exceptions. Yep. So that's going to be how does the league fully interpret what that all looks like. Yeah. Well, how does that come down? So we could be in a spot where we could see this matter. Maybe it doesn't. We could also be in a spot where let's say Philly has everything clinched with a week to go. There generally would be more likely to be like, all right, you're not going to play, but there may be a, Hey, we got to get you out there on the floor. And then do we run into, well, he played. Oh yeah. He played 13 seconds and then he left. Like, where does that land out? So those are going to be the things that are going to be interesting. I think there was, but there was exceptions for, they could have one or two games a year where they played less than 20 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember all of that. We'll refresh ourselves when it really becomes a story, but it is just something to keep an eye on uh, as far as if you're tracking this sort of stuff already, some guys have already missed quite a few games and that 17 is really not all that many when you, Get, get into the heart of it if you've already missed like 10 that's like you know one rolled ankle away from all right now now i, I missed out on awards yep yeah and so that's this is it's tis the season we're going to start coming up with uh this type of stuff as these missed games are starting to rack up and that's going to potentially start eliminating players from these postseason awards 
All right. Well, I think that's about it. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Again, make sure you subscribe. We're going to keep you up to date on everything going on in the trade world as we get close to that February 8th trade deadline. Turn on those notifications as well. And of course, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.